This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. Ten seconds left. Back to Childress. It's his game now. I think that's the call from 95 when the guy who just stepped into our studio capped perhaps the greatest week that anybody's ever enjoyed in the ACC tournament. Three games. How many points you score, Chill? Uh, what was it, 107? 107, round that. Nobody else has ever done that in ACC history. And we've got an Elon student intern, Luis, in here. And I was just saying, man, the guy... You have to watch the tournament, Doc. Guy who's stepping into our studio today, he's bad. Tell you what, he had never seen the Jeff McInnes crossover. <laughs> so we showed him history lesson today. We showed him the crossover from Greensboro. Luis, what was your reaction to that? Honestly, it, it was baller. It was baller. I, and I wasn't even alive when it happened. So that's why I didn't Oh, see no. It. Don't say that. <laughs> Turn his microphone it, off. It, it, went from, it went from a compliment it. to an insult. No, nah, I'm insane. kidding. No. Nah. <laughs> But I will tell you what, when, when I watched you on the tournament, Doc, that episode, mm-hmm. all I could think was, I mean, in the ACC, you're, you're the ACC's Kobe Bryant. And the, stop it. In the sense of the swagger there, like, where did you even get that from? Because in 95, nobody even knew who Kobe Bryant was because he hadn't even been drafted at that point. It's like the Mamba mentality of give me the ball. Hey, you guys get out of here. Coach is trying to talk to you. You're like, no, no, no. This is what we're doing, type of deal. That that that's Kobe before Kobe. You could see where that's coming from, right? Well, Kobe emulated a guy named Michael Jordan, as everyone older generation would oh, know. Yeah. But no, you know what? I've always been that way, and I I would say the greatest thing about coming awake for me and playing for Coach Odom was he never tried to change any of that. It just over time. He would say, all right, let's let's do this a little differently. Let's do that a little differently. But the person that would always say, hey, you know, let's take on the world. I've always been a big person to say, I'll bet on myself, no matter what that is. But in basketball, I just believe that. I just say, hey, I, I, I believe that I outwork people. So when you have some ability and you work hard, good things will happen. And I'd come in here with a group of guys that had won, and, and we expected to win. You know, Rodney Rogers, Mark Bluker, Stan King, Chelani Owens, Robert Doggett, we all come from – championship level high school programs and, and, and myself with a nationally ranked high school program with coach Vet, Stu Vetter, it was like, Hey, let's, let's, why can't we win here? The kids that you coached at Wake Forest mm-hmm. view the ACC tournament differently than you did when you played. I don't think they have the same understanding of it, but not the same reverence. No, no. And they didn't have as much success doing the tournament. You know, we were, we had, we had lost the games. I think lost our first game and lost another game, but we were like that four or five. It wasn't as many teams. Like, so from the beginning, you played a nationally ranked team back then. And even in 94, I think we played Carolina first or something like that. And and we lost to them. And so you're playing nationally ranked teams, your very first game. You don't have as many, the bottom seed teams or bottom feeders, so to speak, to kind of warm up to the, to the, to the championship of it. So. You know, it was, it was quite different then. Wake basketball, fair to say they didn't have a lot of success this week in the ACC tournament. That was a really tough loss for them. And brutal. my reaction while we were on the air, exactly what you said, brutal. And 
I, I can't see this team getting into the NCAA tournament. I hate to say that, but the committee, what your last impression is, is something that you know they're discussing in that room. And for Wake, this is the part that hurts so much. Your last impression was your worst loss of the year. And I don't, I think it was even worse than the Clemson loss because you weren't on the road and you're playing BC and they're the 13 seed and you're in this tournament and you know what's at stake and you still lose that game. And by the way, they deserve to lose that game. BC was the better team for most of that game. I don't disagree with anything you said. Uh, hoping that Wake would, would get in. I know there's still a slight chance that they could get in. Lenardi has them as the last one in. But yeah, but you look as at you know schedule. today, A&M with a big win over, mm-hmm. over Auburn and Oklahoma still going. Indiana. Indiana has a big win today. I mean, it doesn't look well. I, I wouldn't hold my breath on, on Wake getting in right now, but we'll see. I, I, I just – you know what do you say? I mean, my heart goes out to the to the to the staff, to those kids. But uh, that was the one game when you watched them after they had beaten Notre Dame. You know, you were like, all right, Louisville, NC State, and you knew they get one of the lower seeds. It was like you just get those three, then it's okay to lose to Duke or lose to Carolina in the semis and and still and still get a uh, a tournament bid. So. That, that's a difficult loss, I think, just late in the year. And one thing that's going to be held against them is their non-conference strength, the schedule. It's in the 300s. Yeah. And I understand, I understand why Forbes did that yes. because, again, he's building things. And he even said last offseason, this probably isn't going to be the way it always is, but we felt it's best for this team to play this type of schedule. On that note, like, what do you imagine? Like, You've been on mm-hmm. the inside and you get how it works behind the scenes schedule making like what do you think that approach is going to be for Wake Forest when you consider LaRavia might be a first team all ACC guy maybe the preseason ACC player of the year next year if he's coming back right. and you have many of these other guys returning too I think coach Forbes did exactly he did the right thing I mean he you're supposed to you got all these new pieces coming together you need time you need reps to play against opponents that you feel comfortable that you're going to win so you schedule a lot of lower seed or a lot of, you know I don't want to say bad teams, but you look for teams where you feel as though a lot of bad games where you're like, hey, I'm buying this game to win. Mid-major, at home. Well, well not even just mid-major. You want you don't even want really good mid-major. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. You want, you want to look at the re- you know the resumes and say, hey, <laughs> this team lost everybody. We'll right? just call them pay games. Yeah, yeah, buy games. That's what I call them. Buy games. You want to buy as many games as you as you as you can because that's what you're doing. You're paying them. So you want to win all those games. And they played against LSU. You, you're gonna play in the MTE, you got LSU. And, you know, you lost to them. You would hope in that Oregon State could have been against a better opponent. Yeah, but, but this year... They're was, in the Elite Eight last year, and yeah, you're hoping maybe yeah, you could be pretty and good. And you can't control who's in those tournaments. So that that's not the best example. You have no idea who who's in those tournaments. You just try to win. If you can't win all three, win two of the three. So I understand that in year two, you'd want to get, you know, some easy games. You got a bunch of new guys. You're trying to piece this together, but... When you come together as quickly as they did and started playing as well as they did, it bites you in the end because it leaves you no room to lose against a Louisville or a, you know, an NC State at home or whatever. Any of those games down the stretch, and then you, you finally get to BC, and, and that's, that is on neutral court. That's a that's a tough loss because it doesn't match up quad one wins and quad three losses. It's just it's just they kind of take it. They don't cancel each other out, so to speak. But the worst losses hurt you more. If you got questions. For Randolph Childress, 336-777-1600 or on Twitter at WSJS Sports. We'll get to the semifinal matchups in a bit. 
What are you more outside of? I don't I honestly know the answer to that. Outside of ACC basketball, mm-hmm. what does Randolph Childress follow? Like, are you somebody who's happy that the Major League Baseball stuff went down yesterday, or are you following NFL stuff? Like, what else are you into? You know what? I follow it all. I'm a huge football fan. I mean, playing football is how I ended up playing basketball. I didn't start playing basketball until I was 13. Who's your team in football? Oh, man. Like, my mama's embarrassed to say I'm a Cowboys fan. Actually. Okay. You and B-Dot. You ever hang out, watch games together? No, 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 I, I don't. Beat out is a new Cowboys fan. He wasn't a long time. He he just came <laughs> over to the dark side within the last couple of years. So I've been I've been in anguish since since college. Tell you what, man, it seems like it's going to be an easier path to win if you're the Cowboys no. or anybody in the NFC when you consider. Well, Russell Wilson traded this week, goes to Denver, and you see the Bears just traded Khalil Mack to the L.A. Chargers so you don't have to worry about him anymore. Like outside, look, this is an honest question. Yep. In the NFC, mm-hmm. Brady's retired. Mm-hmm. Outside of Aaron Rodgers, who's a better quarterback of the NFC than Dak Prescott? This year? Anybody? Is there anybody? Like the conversation would be Kyler, It would be, who, by the way, I saw who, at the who, who Duke Carolina him, game on Saturday. beat him in Dallas. That's right. Beat him in Dallas late in the year. Mm-hmm. And the other guy, the Rams quarterback, will be Matthew Stafford. Stafford. Those are the three. But they're not. The one thing I don't agree with. I think everybody kind of says, "Hey, you got a quarterback." I, I, I think that's one of the more. They pay way too much for that position, and it's like the next man up. Yeah. And I would be if if I owned a team, I would be very. I would have to be damn sure that I know that my guy is that good. You want to be trading him. for Sam Darnold? No. <laughs> and not just that, I'm not, I say this, I would trade for him because he's still on a rookie deal. My issue with football is it's like the next guy you have quarterback. And yeah, you know what? Aaron Rodgers is good enough to win. But for $50 million, I'd have to ask, do I play the rest of the guys around him? Because it's only gotten me one Super Bowl. That's a legitimate mm-hmm. question. But he's legit. He's a good, he's, he's all time great. Yeah. There's only, how many guys belong in that category? Well, I'll tell you one guy who belongs in that category. Not criminally charged today, Deshaun Watson. That's the news of the last 30 minutes. And Deshaun just put out this statement in the last five minutes. I think my family, all my close supporters that's been behind me this past year, I think my team for keeping me this past year, I'm going to continue to keep pushing to build my name to where it was, if not better. So he still has civil cases to deal with, but he's not going to be criminally charged, which pretty much means and guarantees he's going to be playing football Football. this year. Yeah. Maybe he deals with the suspension from the start, but that's a guy that I see. <laughs> Hubert used to talk about when he played with uh, Dean Smith. In in the scouting reports, Dean Smith would put a star next to somebody who could shoot and two stars next right. to guys who could really shoot. If this is quarterback, like putting two stars next to Deshaun Watson. Uh, definitely, but how many teams and would go after him? Right, I think Miami probably has the Carolina ammunition. Panthers. Do they have the ammunition and they, draft they, picks to they, do it? They just they'll figure it out. But, but no, no, okay. Because here's you, you would let, you would. Let me ask you, you this is a coincidence. Let me ask you this. Okay. So me and Robert, we were piecing this together, piecemealing this together earlier in the week. The Panthers, there's a rumor that comes out. Mm-hmm. Before, nobody's touching McCaffrey. Then there's a rumor that says Christian McCaffrey, they're listening to offers. And the value they feel is a first round pick and potentially one player. The Houston Texans' asking price was three first-round picks and two players. Right. So if Christian McCaffrey is one of those two players plus a first-round pick, you have the number six pick in the draft. 
I think that those two things might be related, where if a deal were to happen between the Texans and the Panthers to bring in Deshaun Watson, Christian McCaffrey's a part of that deal, and then you give up the number six pick, and you figure out the rest from there because you have your answer at quarterback. So why are you trading him? <sighs> well, he's not going to play for you. Why? <laughs> well, why, why isn't James Harden wanting to play for the Brooklyn Nets? Well, why is he going to play for he, the Houston he wanted Rockets? To trade. No, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, he, he asked out, but now you got new leadership, new leadership, and this is all behind him. He did ask to get out. So if he goes out and you trade him. Because the NFL was clear. They didn't suspend Deshaun Watson no, last year. He no. just chose not to play. Yeah. Well, he didn't charge him for anything now. I mean, and it's, you know, not speaking on whatever that's going to be. That's going to be a lot of civil suits. He'll, he'll have to – he'll never move past this off sure. the field, I believe. But there'll be a bunch of teams because of the talent of the player that he is that, that you know, I, I would go to Miami if I could control it from him a little yeah. probably before I went to the Panthers. I, th- I think they got a little bit more there. Than- See, that's the piece of this, Robert. Randolph just brought up the piece of this that we hadn't even considered. The Panthers put together this monster deal, and they want to do it. Does Deshaun Watson say, yeah? Because I want rem- to go to Charlotte. Because remember, if I go to no Miami, I'm at least getting Tua Tungvaloa that's right. back in the trade. So do I want Tua Tungvaloa or... Great pronunciation on who, that, by the way. Who on the Panthers roster do you want at quarterback? Uh, Sam Darnold. Yeah, so I'd say give me four, four first-round draft picks, man. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, got to pick up uh, his contract. But, Robert, does Deshaun say yes to that? I mean, I, maybe you haven't been thinking about it, but I have. That's why I think Tampa could be in the mix of it. But I also have some dark horses of teams that oh. would make a run for him, and it would make sense because they could give up the assets and still compete. I'm game. Robert, like who? he thinks about this stuff 24 hours a day. I've got three. Right, Billy? Three dark horses. I've got three. Uh, and it's it's not anyone that we've talked about. These are all people that are kind of off the board. Uh, my first one would be the New England Patriots. No way. Wow. Bill uh, Belichick will never do well, that. Well, the Texans' new Nick general Casario. manager came from New England. Oh, Mac Jones. Tra- you trade Mac if Jones. You want Houston, if you want a quarterback who's a first round, you get Mac Jones. And how long there. is Bill Belichick going to keep coaching? Oh, He's pretty old. Does he want to make though. one more run? And this roster would be able to compete right now with him giving up three firsts and two good players. Yeah, Randolph's not for that. What's the next option? No. The Pittsburgh Steelers. With a t- coach like Mike Tomlin, <laughs> that could change the perception around Deshaun Watson. And they could give up three first-round picks and two players and He would still say compete. yes to that. He would say yes to that because they're a great organization. Uh, yeah, yeah, but who you're going to build with them? When you guys are saying this, like, they're not going to ask for that O-line. three first-round draft picks and, and, and your third wide receiver. No, they would probably want Minka Fitzpatrick Stop. and they would probably want Devin Bush. They would okay. probably want good players. You're bringing I agree up you. interesting things. What's the third one? Uh the last one is a team they have a lot of trade history with. It lasts with a few years. Uh it would be the Arizona Cardinals and it would be a swap oh. for Kyler and Deshaun. Uh Kyler would go to Houston. He does not have a no trade clause and he's also been a very squeaky wheel and the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So if you want to complain and you want to say that we don't do things right here, I'll send you to quarterback wasteland, brother, and I'll bring somebody in who can do what you do and then some. We're going to reunite, and he's going to be for that because he gets reunited with New Compton. Yep, he gets Deshaun back, and he gets an offense that is complements his skills. Let's say it I that will way. give the give Robert this. I have not heard any of those three options because you won't because Bill Belichick is never going to give up that much for one player. Okay, Arizona? <laughs> I don't know if you I'll say this. I don't know now if you want to do that knowing the baggage that's coming with it. 
and you have Kyler Murray right now, a young guy under a rookie deal, and you're going to give up what? Yeah. I should have asked him at Cameron last week. Yeah, Gosh. you screwed that up. Yeah, I, you I messed, the ball I messed that up. But I like what you're thinking. I just think, too, you got to be really careful when you start going out to pay someone. And it's like Aaron Rodgers now. He's going to have, he want, he's gotten $50 million. Well, they're going to have to cut a few guys. So if they, did, if they didn't make the Super Bowl last year or the last two years, I don't think they're going to make it going forward. Here's something I want to talk about basketball related. Mm-hmm. Is this, if this season is any type of an indicator for the ACC, are we that sure it's going to be a Duke Carolina final tomorrow? We'll get into that with Randolph Childress in studio with us next. I called the Chamber of Joey Pale Bodies and they said you're their president. You're on the drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Virginia's won seven of their last ten games. This is not the team they blew out in the Smith Center. Back to Manic, he can hit the three-pointer, and he does. Davis kicks it out, Manic's open again, and hits it again. Another triple. He's a problem. It's not a stretch to believe that North Carolina thinks that they're playing with house money right now. Franklin swings for Big Bang. Wants to paint. Big drive blocked by Baycock. Oh, he is really... I'm taking Virginia to win. This game's more important to the Hoos. North Carolina, they've clinched their berth to the NCAA tournament. Well, they are playing well at the right time. Carolina's done a lot over the years, and they win this one 63 to 43. Not my greatest hour. <laughs> Randolph Childress hanging out with us here. No. Fair, I heard from a number of Tar Heel fans yesterday, including our mutual friend B Dot. I'm sure you did. You know, sometimes. See, you know what's great about baseball is that if you get a hit one out of every three at bats, you're in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if the same's true for radio. No, but uh, I think I'll just default to I, I get paid for the attempt. <laughs> I like that. I, I get. I, I told you today. I caught crap. I I said Auburn would win, <laughs> or maybe that was me hoping that Auburn would lose. I mean, would win the game today, and, and I picked yeah. him. And I'm like, Jabari Smith's gonna be the best player of the floor. So I get this guy <laughs> tweeting me. Yeah, I can see children somewhere saying, uh, Jabari Smith's the best player on the court." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and yeah, yeah, they lost today, and that's not good for Wake that A and M won that game. No. Here, so you got semifinals tonight. We're mm-hmm. gonna carry both games right here in WSJS Sports, and you got. Miami facing Duke. You got Carolina, Virginia Tech. And everybody's already kind of leapt to tomorrow night saying, well, we got a Duke-Carolina final. We haven't had one of these in a really long time. This is going to be great. Unbelievable. I can't wait for If this season in the ACC has been any type of indicator, we can't have nice things. No. No, no, no. Like, Wake Forest is losing to Boston College when they need to win to get into the tournament. And BC almost damn well beat Miami yesterday. And also, let's not forget, you know, this has not been a banner year altogether for the league. So this would salvage a lot of things. Duke Carolina, you get this in the final, thumbs up, and a lot of people will probably show up and you might get a sellout at the Barclays Center. But just something in my gut tells me I don't know who it's going to be tonight, but it's I got a feeling we're not going to be watching a Duke Carolina final tomorrow. 
I'm more worried about the darker shade of blue than the lighter shade of blue. Really? What do you think? I, I'd be worried for both. Yeah. I think Virginia Tech is the, probably the hottest team in the conference. I think coming down, they what, won 9 of 11 or something like that? Yeah, Carolina's won 12 of 14. So yeah, those are the so two they're, they're, they're playing the two best teams. Um, they're, they're playing well. And and I think the, 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 the this change for Carolina is R.J. Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, having watched him in the season, I think his play at the point guard position has just been real steady and real solid. We he know was the best him. player on the floor at Cameron uh, last oh, week. Oh, man, he was, he was great then. And, and, and you know, and then our guy – Armando has been <laughs> solid too, right? So yeah, you mean Armando Baycott? Armando, <laughs> he's been solid. So uh, you know he's been doing what you know player of the year caliber guys is capable of, and and obviously love it can be he can be elite when he's playing well. So, but the one thing I will say about Virginia Tech that's different than what they were earlier is that they have a bench, and I think that's probably the biggest thing now when you're talking three games in three days, and you're talking about playing, you know, having – if you had to make a run to the championship, playing so many days, the bench matters. Yeah. What I was told by someone I trust at Duke after the game on Saturday at Cameron, well, what happened? Well, why did Carolina go shoot 60% in the second half and only turn it over one time? They told me, well, we saw something that they did in that game we haven't seen on film really the last few weeks, and that's more pick and roll. You would think with Carolina's personnel they'd run – a lot of pick and roll, but mm-hmm. they haven't this year. And now last night we saw it, and last Saturday we saw it. And Brady Manick isn't just being relied on to shoot the ball in the corner. He's putting mm-hmm. the ball on the floor now. Mm-hmm. Carolina's playing differently. Have you noticed? They're spacing you with their ball screen motion. They're elevating their bigs, and you got to make a decision. I, you know, I don't know what rhyme or reason from them, but it's not an offense that's uncommon. Everybody has their, their version of ball screen motion. But when you run outside ball screen with Armando – and Manning is at the top of the key. Are you going rotating low weak side with a guard, or are you helping big to big and, and, and rotating off of him? And he's shooting the ball so well, it's just putting you in a bad spot. So now when he gets in the ball screen, how are you going to guard it? Are you going to switch it? Virginia Tech, though, has personnel where maybe they could switch it a little bit. Like a guy, I was talking with Brian Geisiger about this, and he was fired up mad. I'm like, what are you mad about? It's like, how does Virginia Tech not even put Justin Mutz on the Defensive Player of the Year ballot? Like, that guy's an all-ACC yeah. defender, and he's not even on the ballot. That's on Virginia Tech. That's a dude tonight, and Hunter Couture is a really good defensive guard. He is. I, I think Tech has potential to disrupt some things. I'm not going to pick against the Tar Heels because we saw how that went last night when I picked the team from the Commonwealth to beat them. <laughs> but you're more concerned for Carolina tonight than Duke? No, I'm concerned for them both. I mean... Virginia Tech didn't have the year that we thought they would, but they were a preseason second-place team in the league, yeah. and now they're just starting to figure it out and starting to play better. But I think a lot of that has to do with their bench. You know, Darius Maddox, uh, Padula is coming in. They're, they're just playing great right now for these guys, and with Maddox hitting the game winner the other night. Miami's, Miami gives Duke problems with their guard play, and as we talked about before, fair. I mean, there's a virus running around Duke and, and – yeah, stomach you know, bug you know, type we don't situation. Know, yeah, we don't know what the how, you know, know what's with the staff and some of the players. We just don't know. Can they keep Mark Williams on the floor against Sam Wardenberg? That was one thing that stood out to be the first time mm-hmm. watching it courtside. Like, Jim Laranega made the decision early on. Wardenberg's going to be our five when really right. he's a four. And right. we're going to play a small lineup. We're going to spread it out with right. Wong and, 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 and the two other guards. Can you keep Mark Williams on the floor against this Miami lineup? You can keep him on the floor. 
Because they're not going to attack him inside. Now, they'll attack him in ball screens, and that could give him foul trouble. How how will Duke defend the ball screens? And then how are you going to defend it when Waldenberg's in the ball screen? Because he's a pick-and-pop guy. So you're going to have to get to him now. What, what adjustments are going to be made? Because you may try to help and get back. Waldenberg starts shooting the ball well, then you got to switch. And then now they're bigs and are, are athletic enough to to stay in front. And then – no, like no, no one has an answer for Paulo Bencaro. So I like the adjustment what I saw from Duke last game. I mean, where they started out shooting all those jump shots, and then it was like, look, stop shooting all these damn jump shots. Get the ball inside, attack the paint. And when Paulo Bencaro does that, then he's he's a nightmare. Yeah, I liked Paulo's game yesterday. A lot of people were criticizing him, and it just speaks to the microscope you're under when you're seen to be like maybe a number one draft pick. Right. He missed three threes. His shot wasn't falling. So what else can you do to help the team? I'm gonna have five steals, mm-hmm. including the big steal that led to a breakout and Jeremy Roach hitting a three to put that game away. And I'm also going to book nine rebounds. And I'm also going to have, I think he had seven assists in the game too. Double-digit scoring, obviously, low low teams. Well, because the plan against Syracuse, he was the big target you flashed at the L, you know the free throw line to catch the ball. and you, you got to put your be- Yeah, you got to put your best decision-making in the middle of Syracuse zone and hurt them. The, the size of Miami or the lack thereof, will allow Duke to play some with Bencaro at the five, A.J. Griffin at the four. Death lineup. And that's a hell of a lineup to guard. Yeah. like you, cause you Because Miami, there's no position that they're going to be able to punish them inside on because Duke has athletic. They got And that's wings. why I was asking about Williams. Oh. Like how, long, how, many, how many minutes do you give him? Whatever now? you get out of him is, is gravy. But the, 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 the lineup with, with Bencaro at the five and A.J. Griffin at the four, with the guard, then you know, then they can switch everything, and then now you got a different lineup. As an assistant at Wake Forest, Randolph, Randolph mm-hmm. Childress hanging out in studio with us here. What do you remember about two years ago today when many of us were courtside at the Greensboro Coliseum? This was a day after you guys' season ended on mm-hmm. Tuesday, and we learn of Rudy Gobert testing positive, and we're worried about Fred Hoiberg later that night. Well, what's the deal with him? Tom Hanks tested positive, and we don't know what the heck this thing is. And two years ago, that's really when the world started to change before our eyes. What do you remember about it? I remember hearing about having so many, I call them family, but because I spent so much of my adult life, I mean, I probably spent now maybe half of steel. There's probably a slight more time I've spent in Europe than I've spent in the United States. And... In Italy, it was bad. And I remember talking to people about how bad this was and what was going on. And everybody was talking about what you touched. They wasn't sure if it was viral. Then it was viral. I mean, it was it was just so much going on. When it first happened here, like everyone else, you're just afraid of it. And for me personally, it was major. It was major in my decisions about everything, about how I live my life. I mean, that following December, before we, you know the vaccinations and boosters and everything else, when we got sick at Wake Forest, uh, I was, I mean, it was bad for myself and my family. I it was, mean, I, yeah, it was yeah, bad for uh, Forbes. Uh, we, we were, we were, we probably went, we couldn't play for, we didn't play a game in the month of December. That's right. You know, and so it was, it was a tough time for us. Uh, I got really, really sick and I, I couldn't hold water or food for, for over a week. And I thought I was going to lose my wife. I took it home. I got it home. I brought it from home and brought it home and gave it to my wife and, and my daughter and, my daughter's young. She snapped out of. I was terrified for my wife because she had breast cancer, and we, you know, the pre-existing conditions going off what we heard. And I just remember looking over at my wife, and my wife 
telling me that if I if if she you know she was really sick, she had pneumonia. They wanted to admit her in the hospital, but no hospital bed. So it was like, here, you just got to go home and and pray, and 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 if it gets worse, call nine one one. That's all we got. And I was like, you know what? If I get through this, then that's it. You know, I'm I'm gonna be. Um, my mentality about everything will change. I, I I was just so fearful of everything. And so for me, I instantly go back to that time and knowing that when I got out of, I was different. Was it faith-based? Like, oh, yeah. We got, I mean, just, we got just, through this. Always, always. My faith was always strong, and it was a big part of us getting through it. But I also was – you start to reflect when you have a possibility of doing that. And I'm thinking, like, man, as I have so much work to do as a husband, as a father – there's so many more things I need to do, and I wanted to say, you know what, I'm going to spend time doing those things as well. And then the following year for me, when, when, um, you know, a couple of months later, I had lost my father, and I was like, you know what, that's it. Like I'm not spending. I, I, I need a break from this. I'm not going to spend the next, you know, 12, 14 hours a day running around yeah. chasing people's kids and, and and in the gym and not spending time with my own my own loved ones and having a mom that was sick and. I, my family, I needed to be around my family as much as they needed me around. It's a little bit better being on this side of it, isn't it? You know what? It is. Or do you miss no, no, coaching? No, no. Are you going to get back into you're it? Always, no, I I don't think I will, but I don't, I never say never. Sure. I never say never to anything, but I, I do enjoy this spot. And it's just, just as competitive. It's not like it's any easier. It's not. You spend a, you know, spend a ton of time. For me, like I spend a ton of time over-preparing. You know, and you know how does that can see like you, you got a, a whole phone. People don't realize that they'll see however long like you're on four air. Or five they don't, they don't have, they have no idea how much time you split in prepping. A lot. So for me, it was an easier transition because it's like a scouting report. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. So when I'm learning it, it's, you know, you get to, um, you know, to, to, to study so much and you got so much. So I approached it in that manner, but the difference is I could do it from home. Hmm. I can do it and, and do it when I wanted to do it, not sit in the office or not say, hey, you know what, I'm off today. Like today, I went and played golf today. I was off. I'm like, you know what? That's why I didn't come on early. I was like, man, I'm going to play some golf today. I'm not. How'd you shoot today? I was a little inconsistent today. <laughs> Let's just say that. Well, where'd, you, where'd you play? <laughs> I played over at Maple Chase. Oh, that's So I got a nice chance to go today. bump it around a little bit today. And, and uh, I was like, you know what? Do I want to wait around and, and miss playing? Go hang out with you, and I was like, "Nah, that's why I hit you with." Can I? Can I come a little later? What's the latest I can come on? Yeah. You were like, "If I," I'm like, "Oh, that's perfect. I get to, well, I get to play 18 today." We'll we'll get you back in here if you're willing to come back in <laughs> in uh, later on in March. We'll talk about some NCAA tournament ball. Sounds How's good, that sound? Man. Sounds good. Sounds it's like Randolph Childress, Roberts, Rhinestone Cowboy Friday. What do we got?